Okay, we're recording. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Um, How are you? <laughs> uh, I'm good today. How are you, Shannon? I am doing well. I'm hanging on, you know, I'm hanging on a dear life. <laughs> what are we talking about today? You know, I, I'm really excited for what we're talking about today. I forgot to wear a tinfoil hat, but I mean, I probably should have. <laughs> so for all our listeners, we're talking about UFOs and aliens, abductions. We're talking about weird shit in the sky. We're talking about two specific cases yes, today. Two specific cases. Each, yes, yes. One, um, each of these intrigues intrigues us. So we picked our own cases to talk to to, to the other about. Yeah, I mean, we're. I don't know who you want to go first, but I mean, I think you should go first. Okay, <laughs> I'm excited to hear what you have. That's <laughs> that's what I'm excited about. So, how do you want to do this? Do I just start telling you about it? Do you kind of just respond? Yeah. So. Okay. I know that you were going to research about the, is it Andreessen Affair? Andreessen Affair. Andreessen yeah. Affair. So I I don't know anything about it, but I love aliens, so I want to hear about it and, you know, just pique my interest. All right. I will try. I will try to pique your interest. <laughs> All right. So the Andreessen Affair is actually a, it's a book. I think it might actually be a series of books written by Raymond Fowler. And um, so... I'm not really talking about the book itself, but stuff that he talks about mm-hmm. in the book uh, pertaining to Betty and And I do have a couple of sources for this. One of them, which actually was the mm-hmm. reason for my interest, was from the last podcast on the left. They actually covered this, and they didn't cover everything, but I, I found this really fascinating. And the reason we we're talking about this one, because I am kind of the more skeptical of the two here... I would say is that this one is one that is highly regarded as mm-hmm. not proof necessarily, but it's, it's a little bit more reasonable. It's extremely well researched. And, and I say reasonable, it's actually kind of a crazy shit show. It's insane. Like everything I'm going to be talking about is just completely wild. So like, you really have to be like, <laughs> if you're getting on this ship, you're on this ship. Like no questions. I'm asked. on it. Okay. I'm ready to sail. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Because there's going to be a lot of questions and I think that we should, you know, interrogate everything because I think there's a lot of like i'm not saying this is aliens but if it's not aliens what is it like that's something to come back to i love how this is starting so (laughs) all right yeah so tinfoil hats are on (laughs) we're ready um (laughs) so betty andreessen she was this really really religious christian woman and that's going to come back a lot you know she was very christian she was all about jesus all about god and she had seven children Seven. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Seven children. She had this husband who was apparently down for all those. And then her father was actually in town when this happened. And so I think just setting the landscape here a little bit, this happened in Massachusetts in a town called South Ashburnham. Quite the mouthful. And this was in the 1960s. And I want to just say like immediately, like this is one of the reasons I find this case so interesting is that in the 1960s, or at least in the time that she had experienced her abduction, I guess we'll call it, or experience, um, there Uh wasn't that much on TV or like in the news or in the papers about aliens at this point. Like this was when it all started to happen, um, or at least people started to report these things as occurring. Mm -hmm. And so there wasn't really a set standard for like the typical alien that we would immediately think of. Like, Andre, what would you describe a gray alien as? Um, I mean, I've seen pictures of, well, allegedly gray aliens. So uh-huh. I would describe them as that, that like 
Well, actually, I don't know. Some of them are tall, some of them are short. But I think they are short, mm-hmm. big heads, yeah. gray, black eyes, no nose, tiny mouth, mm-hmm. no ears, yeah. long limbs. Yeah, for so. sure. And that's basically how she described them. She was like, these are short, these are gray, okay. they have big heads, like slits for mouths and stuff like that. And I think that she was one of the first ones to report this. And so it's possible to say like, okay, this bitch is creative. Like <laughs> she's she's just creative. But <laughs> it's it's interesting because it is one of the first ones to actually do that. And then people followed and they were like, yeah, like it looked like this. So either they were just following or just perhaps they all saw the same thing i don't know (laughs) um but yeah so 1960s massachusetts she's praising jesus in her little house she lived in the country well not really like country country there were a couple houses nearby um within acreage so her house and then you could probably see across the field maybe there's the neighbors and so this happened after her husband was in a car accident um and this is another thing that's kind of like interesting what i'm talking about proof i'm not talking about proof of aliens necessarily i'm talking about proof of the fact that the concrete details of this event definitely happened and i think that's really interesting so the concrete evidence of this is that the stuff around the aliens definitely happened so one of those things is that betty and her family reported that the power went out it was really foggy and there was light snow and all of this is corroborated like there was definitely like those weather patterns occurring in her area that night there was definitely a power power outage and so we know that happened we know that there was a car crash and that's why her husband wasn't there and her father was staying with them to help with the kids and so that's where it gets interesting is Hmm. betty her father and all seven children all say that this happened they all remember it happening and they all have accounts of it happening um so yeah so we have those details established that they remembered um okay so let's get into the weird real weird stuff (laughs) oh i'm creeped out (laughs) the really weird stuff (laughs) so the power goes out at this point they're preparing for the night you know lighting candles whatever they're all inside the house in the same general area and then suddenly a pink or reddish light floods their home and this is yeah this is this is on a foggy night and it's slightly snowy out it's it's really dark and so like where's this light coming from like that's like i don't know and they all say that it occurred like and this is in the 60s i'm not sure what could have caused that lsd so yeah maybe all the kids were doing lsd (laughs) i don't know (laughs) and so immediately they all go to the window and they look out the window and they see you got it a spaceship I mean, we're just going to say spaceship. We don't know for a fact that it was from space. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was the Russians. We don't know. Oh, my God. (laughs) But there's a ship out in their backyard. Maybe it's their front yard. I can't remember that small detail. But it's in the yard. And um, out pops four creatures. And these are the gray aliens that we talked about. They're about four feet tall. (laughs) You know. They're... And here's the other weird thing. This is a, actually something that a lot of alien abductees share is the matter of clothing. But for Betty, she said that they were wearing clothes. They were wearing these like silver jumpsuits. And Oh my God. Oh, this is so creepy because <laughs> the case that I'm going to talk about, I, I, I can already see a lot of similarities. Here. Okay. Oh my God. I'm so excited. So they're wearing these silver jumpsuits. They're about four feet tall. One of them is five feet tall. He's probably the leader. And they start to like hop towards the house. And what happens is that 
they're they're coming from the ship, right? And they're all just watching. And they see them hop through the door. Like, not like opening the door. They just like they they've immaterialized through the door and into the room of the house. And Betty's just like, this is kind of weird. This is strange. And <laughs> she's like a good Christian woman, just like chilling about. And so the next thing is very strange. This is Oh, because this, this is not, isn't strange so far. <laughs> I mean, this is all pretty strange. But I mean, when we're talking about alien encounters, like I'm not sure I've I've heard of this happening. But what happened is that her entire family froze in suspended animation. Like, not Betty though. Yeah. Betty Betty was just chilling. And yeah, so here she is surrounded no. by aliens, and this Christian woman, this strong Christian woman, she thinks that they're angels. She she just immediately assumes, <laughs> oh God, like oh this is God. My mom and she's alien. <laughs> yeah, basically. And so she's basically just like, oh, I need to please these angels. Like obviously, like they're here for for God for whatever reason. And so first going back to their outfits for some reason they had an insignia of a bird on their uniforms which that'll come back later um and so like they start to talk to her um they do it psychically though because you know i think that's something else that occurs in ufo ufology is that the grades communicate psychically yes yeah because they have the little small mouths they need to use them for that apparently well you know a lot of people a lot of people think that aliens are just like what we're gonna become like their future us oh yeah like, no. they're they're an advanced version of us they just live in a different planet like but we all came from the same kind of thing i, I don't know it's that. very it, it's hard to explain but the basic idea is that is that like that's basically where we're heading and by that logic like they had maths just like us but they became so advanced and so intelligent that they started to have no use for them because they were able to communicate telepathically and it is um like it is a thing in evolution that when a part of the body becomes useless that it either shrinks or like babies stop mm. being born with them like some kids that are born without appendixes yeah. like that's a thing or um like some people are that are born without tailbones because those are just um those are just i was, uh, I was gonna say something uh, but they're basically they were useful in the past but no longer so we're, we're like our bodies yeah. are starting to like weed them out um and this could be that but taken to the extreme like eventually we'll have no mouths and we'll have no <laughs> need to be so tall i guess and or it will be gray and i mean i know that hair hair is an interesting one that to like to debate for to debate in favor of because um like that makes sense like hair is waste and it requires water and maybe like eco-conscious future humanity oh, will be like nope no more hair and then snatch that wig people, yeah exactly <laughs> and, and 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 so people either i don't know shave it all or just all of a sudden stop being more without hair i doubt that that's how evolution works yeah. but you get the gist of what i'm saying yeah no i think uh, that's all really fascinating and i love that theory because that's kind of something i want to talk about later is you know like what if these aliens are us just from another dimension dimension ugh, okay. okay keep going so she starts talking to them and they tell her essentially that they want knowledge and so this bitch betty (laughs) gives them her daughter's bible and like she literally gives it to them and it's never seen again (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my god can you imagine they read it right, all and yeah, they become exactly. christians and... <laughs> so they accept it and they give her a blue book in return but it's filled with all these symbols and weird things and so she can't really decipher it but she actually has that book for three weeks after this event and then it disappears and her bible is also never seen again so that's an interesting detail hmm. um so another thing that i find extremely interesting and this is corroborated later in her life is that betty's daughter becky who was 11 at the time um she wakes up so uh betty and jason is talking to the aliens and she's like are my family okay like they're just they're frozen and the aliens unfreeze becky before her eyes and becky sees them and she freaks out and she's like what's happening and this is an 11 year old girl and then later on she ends up bringing that up in i think a therapy or hypnosis session she remembers it um yeah so that's really interesting and then they actually end up waking betty's father up too i'm not sure when that happens but it definitely occurs and they put him back under so she knows that they're fine she's a woman of god she has faith that this is somehow going to work out and this is somehow proof of god and i mean if you got a cope with an alien experience you know you cope with it there are worse ways there there are worse (laughs) ways and so betty goes with them like they actually invite her they take her through the door (laughs) betty come and (laughs) chill betty come and chill like let's talk more about your friend jesus like i don't know like (laughs) have you ever ever seen the a lmao aliens (laughs) no i haven't what is that Okay. I'll show you later, but keep going. Okay, so she goes with them onto the ship, and they take her. I don't know if the ship is in motion at this point or what, but she's on the ship now, and she sits down, Hmm. or no, she lays down on a table. And okay, it's kind of weird, but they like float her up onto the table telepathically. I don't know about that. That's Mm. scary, but that's that's what she said happened, and. They stick a needle up her nose. <laughs> when he invites you to chill, but you end up with a needle probe. <laughs> yeah, needle probe up the nose. Um, this is also weird because she she experienced all these physical sensations, right? And in her hypnotherapy later on in life, she ends up recounting them from from herself experiencing them so she'll recount the pain of it happening and also she can recount it as if she's just watching it occur but each time it's always accurate and so they probed her nose and then they put a needle in her belly button oh my god that is the same thing that happens in my case in my case they also stick a a needle in this in this person's navel which is basically like the belly button and apparently that's extremely painful yeah i mean i'm sure that sounds terrible So the aliens were talking to her and they indicated that they knew that there was something missing from her body. And a couple years prior, Betty had had a hysterectomy. Her uterus was removed. I mean, she already had seven Mm. kids. So, so (laughs) yeah. So somehow the aliens knew that, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, And then one of the last things that happened, I'm totally like, I'm just kind of, giving a summary of this because there's a lot more to this but the last thing that happened yeah no no is she got into this type of chair apparatus on the ship and then she was covered Mm -hmm. in this like type of goo and then they they actually traveled somewhere and 
it's kind of theorized that maybe the goo was to protect her during this travel. You know, maybe her, like, human body was too fragile and she needed something to, like... Yeah. Yeah, that And so, sense. when they landed, or, you know, appeared wherever they were, it was on, like, an entirely different world. And this is not something that happens frequently in UFO abductions, you know? They, yeah, they, no. Yeah, they probe, they, you know, they mess with your reproductive organs or whatever and then they drop you off but betty she was down for the ride she didn't complain about anything she was she was worshiping these people so they were like oh they're like come on over like right like <laughs> and so she went to their world whatever you would call it and there was all this stuff that wasn't immediately recognizable it was you know alien and she's like going over yeah. everything and then she ends up going and meeting i guess what you would call their leader and Okay. And she... Oh my god, can you imagine if the aliens came and met our leader? Oh, yeah, they would leave immediately, <laughs> or they would just destroy us. <laughs> that would be the end for humanity. <laughs> oh my god, plot for Independence oh Day 3. Oh god, that would be a small movie. It would end after 10 minutes. <laughs> okay, so... Anyway, here we go. She sees this giant bird that shoots fire out of its mouth. And the bird dies, and then from okay. its ashes, there's a worm. And so this is phoenix. So like, like a phoenix? Yeah, yeah, it's like the phoenix imagery. And she's talking to like the lead alien or whatever. And basically, the conclusion she comes to is that either the phoenix or this alien is God. And that's her interpretation, you know, whatever. She's like totally like enchanted with these creatures. And they're mm -hmm. like, you know what, Betty, we like you. <laughs> Like, more or less, that's, that's kind of what happens. They're like, you're this cool, is, buddy. This is, this is so interesting. Like, I've never heard of an abductee reacting I know. like this. Like, not, without, not with fear, but rather with the curiosity. Right. And they're almost, like, relaxed about it from what it sounds like. That's I've she never heard She was, like, that. so down. Like, she was down for this. And I think that's probably the reason they were so amiable, too. Yeah, probably. And so they ended up taking her back. The leader was like, you're... You're not going to remember all of this, but you're going to have our book for three weeks. So feel free to look at that. And um, yeah, that's kind of where it ends. I mean, not entirely. I think that she does end up having another experience later on in life, but whatever. That's not really important. But Interesting. Okay, so so they wipe her memory, but they're still like, we're going to give you the book? Or did they not wipe it and give her the book, but after three weeks, they just made the book disappear? They... They wiped her memory, I guess, but she she tried to read the book, but she couldn't make anything out of it, you know, because it was just alien symbols, so it didn't really matter anyway, and then it did disappear. So that's what happened with that, and then the other thing is that she ended up taking a lie detector for all of this, and she passed, so at the very least, like, she wasn't lying about the experience, that doesn't mean the experience happened. If she, I mean, if... <laughs> If she's crazy, at the very least, she she really is, and she believes. Yeah, she's exactly. Saying. Like she believes it happened, yeah. and her father never wanted to talk about it. Really, he didn't. Like he was like relatively either traumatized or he knew more than he was saying, but he didn't want to be reminded of the whole experience. And everyone else seemed to remember after a while. And the, that's so interesting. Yeah. The, the man in my story, like the husband in my story, is also very like trying to just like shove it under the the carpet Ooh, i think i might have an idea of what you're going to talk about but i might be wrong okay so oh, yeah. and then 
what was I going to talk about? Oh, so, and all of this is uncovered in hypnotherapy later. And so that's the other theory I wanted to talk about is what it could be. And so from this website, it's called neardeath.com. Sounds so legit. <laughs> okay. We have some of the transcriptions from the hypnotherapy sessions there's actually like 400 pages oh. online of this if you want to sort through oh and read it oh my god yeah of this case on this case yeah just from her hypnotherapy sessions you can hear what she says yeah, these are extensive sessions okay i are you gonna like read me an excerpt i really want to yes okay okay so and this is from neardeath.com so that's another theory is that this was a near-death experience and maybe her dad's you know, maybe he witnessed something else that wasn't aliens. Maybe someone broke in and tried to kill her or something. You know, like, there's uh, like, I yeah, guess. I mean, and obviously the coping mechanisms, I think maybe through the hypnotherapy, she started to draw on her comfortableness with religion to insert those things into the story, you know, to make it more palatable. Mm -hmm. So the bird may have not actually been real. It's just her mind, stuff like that. And so this is from one of the mm -hmm. transcriptions where she's talking about seeing the one who would be like God. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then I'll kind of say when, who's, who's talking. And I'm just going to start from a random place. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So at this very moment, and this is the narrator or the transcription summary, whatever. An indescribable, indescribable smile came over Betty's face. The only adjective that the investigators could think of to describe it is rapturous. This expression of pure, unrestricted happiness remained on Betty's face as the hypnotist continued to question her. The hypnotist says, You seem happy. Why are you so happy? Betty says, It's just, uh, I just, I, I can't tell you about it. All right, I know you can't tell me, but I want you to do a few things. I want you to ask yourself why you were being shown that which you were being shown. In other words, you weren't given this trip just for a free ride, so to speak. They want you to see what you were seeing. Does that make sense? Yes. All right, now that you're there, ask yourself, hmm. what am I getting out of this? Why am I here? What am I supposed to think about after I leave here? And she says, oh, it matters not what I get from it. What do you mean? It's words cannot explain it. It's wonderful. It's for everybody. I just can't tell you this. You can't? Okay, why can't you? For one thing, it's too overwhelming and it is, it is indescribable. I just can't tell you. Besides, it's just impossible for me to tell you. All right, are you capable when looking around you to tell yourself? I see it. Right, that which you can see, you have a grasp of even if you don't understand it. I understand it. I'm sorry. I'm just sorry. I wish I could share it with you. Okay, well, how, how like, <laughs> productive were these sessions? I mean, that, they must have taken some time for them to, like, juice the info out of her because she was being yeah. very cryptic. Yeah, okay. So Betty began speaking in a strange tongue. <laughs> and then she begins to cry. And she says, Father loves the world so very much. And she says, so many reject him. And yeah, so I think what I think I'm getting from this is like, huh. either she experienced something that's so alien that you literally can't describe it. Or, I know, like, I just get like this weird, like, cult mentality from this that's like kind of not even like Christian anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that she's so religious, because you mentioned that, and also the fact that 
you know, what if this was a near-death experience that would totally explain why maybe she had just a huge hallucination and why this is imbued with, um, like, religious imagery or, or just, like, the Phoenix thing is so... I feel like human mythology. I don't. I don't. I really don't see these aliens in their world having a phoenix, uh, and also the fact that during the hypnosis uh, sessions, she said what you mentioned, which was like, "Oh, like so many reject the father." Like clearly, she was. She was weaving this with her own beliefs, which makes me, yeah, makes me doubt the account. Yeah, and I think that it's weird. Because, like, if it if it was aliens and she's, like, worshipping it as a god, like, like, that's just extra creepy. Like, that's weird. Like, I don't know. That just made me really uncomfortable, that whole, like, excerpt. Because yeah. I'm, like, she, like, genuinely, like, she's, like, crying. Like, she believes this to be, like, real. Like, whatever it is. And I she mean, takes it with blind faith. In the end, you as a reader, what's the verdict? Um, I don't know. I don't. I th- I think that I'm more likely to believe that it's it's aliens and that maybe she misinterpreted the entire thing through this lens, um, mm-hmm. because she definitely wasn't lying. I mean, lie detectors they aren't a hundred percent reliable. That's just a fact. But she believed that something happened mm-hmm. and there were people who witnessed it. I don't. And yeah, I don't know. I just don't think that maybe we have all the facts. And I think that if it was aliens it was definitely like some sort of interdimensional travel because like it's not really possible for people to travel from like another planet through space at this point like it's just too hard it would take way too long yeah i i agree i think that that was probably it i think that it was real that a lot of these things did happen to this woman uh but she just added some things here and there to make herself understand it maybe even at a subconscious level because she was so i don't know so just yeah in awe of of all this alienness, I guess you could say that she, her brain had to find some way to interpret it and make sense of it. Um, so clearly, she imbued that with religious meaning, which you know, hard to blame her. <laughs> She's fucking abducted by aliens, take it to a take it to a faraway planet. Yeah. Like, where would your brain go? Um, but but from what you said, um, like for example, that the, that the daughter saw this too. Um, that tells me something, you know, that adds some veracity to it, I think. Yeah, and I I think that if this wasn't anything, if it was just completely bound to this world of, like, maybe someone broke in or something else happened, I think the father would know. I think that the reason he didn't want to talk about it could be more indicative of something else happening, because we know that the weather was messed up, we know that the car crash occurred, we know the power was out, so all that real stuff is, like, that happened. So maybe she was just using aliens to protect herself from something real, and we might never know what that is. But, I mean, also aliens, so... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know. For me, the whole, like... Did the husband ever say anything? He wasn't there. He was in the hospital. Wait, didn't you say someone was someone was on froze besides yeah. the daughter? Yeah, that was uh, Betty's father. So her Betty's father was there oh, okay. because her husband was in the hospital. Oh, okay. Did, did Betty's father say anything? Uh, he said that he did remember it, but that I don't know. I'm not. Yeah, he said he remembered it. He just didn't want to talk about it. So okay, he's well, a lot more secretive that's about it. At least two people besides Betty. So yeah, if you believe you know. it to be true. 
but what I'm saying is I do believe it to be true, at least to an extent. And the reason why is because these two other people claim to have seen it too. Yeah. Um, so that's why. I... Wow. That, that one's pretty outlandish though. I yeah. understand why. Well, one, why, why she was rejected at first from that UFO stories group. And two, why you said it was going to be crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... That's a lot. Yeah, no, it's absolutely insane. And I feel like I feel like that honestly lends credence to why I'm more likely to believe this one is because it's so crazy. Like I don't I just I feel like the more crazy the better when we talk about these sorts of things because the reality is that we don't know what it would be like to encounter something out of this world. It would literally be out of this world, you know. <laughs> I mean... Like So if someone was Oh, I forgot the best part. How did I forget this? I mean, this is not like the best part, but she was able to draw like an outline of like what the ship looked like in terms of the rooms and stuff and how everything was set up. And an engineer said that like it was pretty rational and that it was pretty likely to actually have functioned as a ship if that's what it was. So I think that was kind of lit. Was her (laughs) husband an engineer? Was her father an engineer? Maybe she got that from somewhere. Uh, maybe I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I I think I understand what you're saying about the crazier the better, or the crazier the more believable. Because it's like if you're gonna say that an alien abducted you, um, I I feel like if it was fake, you just go by the regular story, like kind of the 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 stock story, which is oh you know they I don't know put something in my butt and then like I don't know, and then they left me back <laughs> home and I can't remember anything and I'm losing like three hours of you know time. Um, but this is a whole other level um and yeah i don't know i don't know if, if it was all a lie it, it just surprises me that she didn't try to make it more believable she she clearly wasn't shy about making out the most outlandish things so yeah so yeah it, it does lend some credence i understand what you're saying all right so that was betty and Dreesen's story yeah okay. I'm, I'm i'm shook you know i'm a little uh I'm a little spooked here um, all right that's what we aim for <laughs> And I think that's also the, the perfect place to start to start my story. This, oh, I'm so excited! Tell me all about it. <laughs> with this spookiness that I'm feeling, it's it's, it's very fitting. Also, like I said, a, a couple of parallels between your story and mine, which I find really interesting. First parallel. Okay, I'm taking notes. We're gonna solve this alien <laughs> first, thing tonight. Yes, first parallel. Um, this one also happened in the '60s. Um, okay. Second parallel is this. Um, oh my god, I totally thought about it, but now I forgot. Um. Well, oh yeah, that the the in, in this case the husband, but in general a male figure. Like the male figure, in contrast to the woman who experienced it. Well, they both experienced it, but the male figure was very in denial about this for a long time. Um. So that's just a couple. You might see a, a couple more parallels as I go along. But um. Anyway, this is the case of Barney and Betty Hill. Oh yes, and, yes, I totally yes. know this one. I, perfect. Okay, perfect. Um, I picked it because it's. It's the biggest case, but not just that. I picked it because it is so big, as a matter of fact, that it kind of catapulted aliens and UFOs into the American zeitgeist. Like, it became, I don't know, I don't want to say acceptable, but it's just a more mainstream idea. Because I'm sure that people, you know, believed, or some people believed at least, or talked about saucers and unidentified flying mm-hmm. objects and like little men in the sky before this but this really brought it to the forefront um when it happened and in the years to come and by you know like the early mid 70s things like 
like tinfoil hats like people were actually wearing like i don't know i feel like i feel like aliens just as a concept became much more mainstream and this was a big part of that like matter of fact the article that i read i think even says that um once this case did become publicized um the book that uh talked about it the book that was written on it was like super duper successful and very novel and i'm sure it was so anyway barney and betty hill um barney and betty hill they um allegedly had a uh, close encounter of the fourth kind in 1961 uh in the state of new hampshire while driving on a rural portion of a road basically now um barney and betty hill were an interracial couple betty was white and barney was black and this is going to come into play later the reason this comes into play uh, is because um, some of the dissenters, some of the people who, some of the people who refute uh, the couple's claims, use um, I think one psychologist actually in one like journal or something refuted it by saying, "Oh, I think that it was all just caused by the stress of being an interracial couple in 1960s America. Like it was all yeah, hallucinations, <laughs> like marital issues, which I thought was super shitty and lame." Um, like because the things that they experience are so detailed that it's just like that's such a cop out but anyway okay so these two were um driving in uh new hampshire it was night it was around 10 30 p.m on september 19th of 1961 uh they were driving back uh to uh portsmouth which i believe is where they lived from a vacation that they had had in niagara falls and montreal so um, they were just south of Lancaster, New Hampshire, again, driving home at night when Betty claimed to uh, see a quote unquote bright point of light in the sky that moved from below the moon and the planet Jupiter upward to the west of the moon. So she's seeing some weird little thing moving frantically, like very rapidly um, close to the moon and close to the planet Jupiter from what you can see. So already this is super strange. Um the thing keeps moving erratically and Betty asks her husband Barney to stop the car so they can look closer and um, so they can walk their dog. They had their dog with them. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder I wonder like if the dog could talk. I wonder what he saw. But um, I wonder, you know, if if he could talk like with the aliens remember to wipe the dog's mind as well. But um Bart they, they stop the car and um, they stop the car close to this um, scenic uh, picnic area just south of Twin Mountain. These are all just um, markers for that one person listening to us in New Hampshire so they know where we're talking <laughs> where we're talking about. We're uh, looking out for you. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, they stop the car. They get out there. I don't know. They're breathing some air and walking the dog. And the thing keeps um, moving uh, erratically and they get scared because um, Betty takes out uh, binoculars and she sees this quote-unquote odd-shaped craft flashing multicolored lights travel across the face of the moon so at this point they're freaking out they're like what's going on this is not just some whatever and she has her binoculars on she can see that it's something more than just i don't know i don't even know what 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 you'd think it was at the beginning you said it was multicolored Um, lights that's interesting okay go on yes um uh, so Betty thought it was a flying saucer. So she was onto it from the get-go. I'm glad. She's smart. Um, yes, anyway, Queen. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> um, they freak out. 
Bernie sees it through the binoculars too, and him thinking it was a plane, he sees it and he says, "Quote unquote, this object that was a plane was not a plane." This is a, a quote that they later um, took from uh, one of the hypnosis sections. So a uh, session, sorry. So he freaked out too. They decided to get back in the car, and um, this thing comes down from where, <laughs> where it is, like way up in the sky, to being 40 feet uh, so, so so this 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 big big ass thing is in the sky it comes down it hovers above their car and betty's able to describe that this thing is about 40 feet long and that it quote-unquote seems oh to be God. rotating at one point the huge is huge ass silent craft is a hundred feet above the hill's oh car so fairly close and you know kind of big and they're scared and bernie barney said it reminded him of a, of a huge pancake which that was interesting um, <laughs> so this guy is carrying his pistol in his pocket he's ready to pull it out because he's scared he uses the binoculars again to look up and he says he claims to have seen eight to eleven humanoid figures who are peering out of the craft's windows seeming to look at him this oh is my going to the god Wikipedia just just creepy when i read that i i got creeped out um and he says that uh quote unquote these beings were somehow not human no shit barney oh god this is terrifying (laughs) again middle of the night their cars stop they see this thing all of a sudden it's 100 feet above them and it turns out to be a huge fucking space spacecraft with multicolored lights and there's little humanoids in there the couple's freaking out i don't know why they haven't left then um, I mean, if that appears think, over me, I'm I I'm frozen. I am pissing myself. You know, they can take me. I'm their pet. Like I don't I don't care anymore. I mean, like, okay, <laughs> never mind. Uh, Barney says, "quote unquote," they're going to capture us, and then they fucking book it. Oh shit! <laughs> so okay. yeah, they they start driving, and almost immediately, um, okay, no, they they start driving. Right, they're fucking scared. Betty rolls down her window, looks up, and then, according to the article, almost immediately the Hills heard um, their last name is Hills because I didn't make that clear. Maybe I didn't, <laughs> but Betty and Barney Hill. Um, the Hills heard a rhythmic series of beeping or bussing sounds, which they said seemed to bounce off the trunk of their what? vehicle. The car vibrated, and a tingling sensation passed through the Hills' bodies. This, is according to the Wikipedia article, again. Um, they uh, apparently got high from this. Like all of a sudden, they were in a higher state of consciousness or something like that. At least that's what the article explains. I'm not sure exactly what they mean, but clearly the couple was freaked out by these buzzing sounds. And all of a sudden, they must have had like an out of body experience. And then all of a sudden, a second series of beeping sounds returns them to quote unquote full consciousness. And that's it. The experience is over. They find themselves 35 miles south of where they began, but they have no recollection oh of how God. they got there. That's insane. I pissed myself in my little pants. They lost time or... Um, okay. Yeah, oh they God. lost 35 miles worth of time, which is, I don't know how long, but probably a little under an hour. Um, or rather, I think I think it mentions here exactly how long it was. But even if it was under an hour and if it was no more, that's still a long time to not remember. That's still a big track of road to not remember. 35 miles. Um, so what happens oh my god they go home <laughs> as if nothing happened i mean clearly they're both freaked out betty especially because she i feel like barney is in this kind of state of denial but betty isn't so she clearly isn't 
she, she's not hiding anything. She's, she's freaking out. Um, but, you know, what are you going to do at that point? Like, just stay in the car forever or in the middle of the road? No, you go home. So they do. They go home. And then they, um, quote, unquote, start experiencing some odd sensations and impulses that they could not readily explain. Um, one of them was uh, their watches stopped running and they never ran again. Another one was that Barney felt compelled to examine his genitals, um, but he didn't find anything. Uh, the, the article also mentions that um, the the wife, Betty, had this weird like necessity to have her luggage be kept near the back door of the house rather than in the main part where it was usually kept. Like, just these Same weird situations that they couldn't control. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so you, you gotta run. Um... Uh, so that, that happened and then they're perplexed and they don't know what to do so betty goes in her room eventually she um she looks at the dress that she was wearing that night and she can see that the the dress is torn at mm. the end at the zipper and at the lining and uh she's like what the fuck and she also notices that there's a pinkish powder on her dress so i mean <laughs> you can't be more freaked out at that point i think she, she, she just kind of accepts this is what oh happened gosh. she's like yep was fucking abducted by aliens and this is my dress and this pink cosmic dress on like big uh cosmic um dust on it i don't know i find it kind of humorous almost because it's like this crazy thing happens and then you have to go home and yeah. still shower and still go to the bathroom and still you know like just like usual like like normal and that's so crazy to me um but they do you know so that's what she sees on her dress and um the article did mention that over the years uh various laboratories have conducted chemical uh, analysis on the dress but it doesn't mention what they found i guess i should have looked that up but i doubt they found anything significant otherwise we probably would have known about it like if scientists all of a sudden came out and were like aliens are real this dust proves it like (laughs) um anyway so the the next day they go up to the car they start experimenting with a compass somehow they figure out to experiment with it i don't know they they just think of it and they can and they can tell that when they move it closer to um the spots where so the car i didn't mention this so the car was left with these weird circular markings on it like on the body of the car think of Mm -hmm. a crop circle but on a car oh my goodness which lends credence to crop circles in my opinion honestly a lot of people don't believe in crop circles what the fuck is wrong with you um a lot of compelling evidence for that but that's for another day <laughs> so there are circular markings on the body of their car they approach them the next day and they can tell that when they have a compass and they approach these markings on the car with the compass the needle goes crazy okay and they're like what the fuck okay so uh they uh eventually report this to the u.s air force betty does but she withholds some of the details out of fear of uh sounding crazy and um the uh so a report is filed and eventually someone from the u.s air force comes out and and their conclusion is they uh determined that the hills quote unquote according to the article probably misidentified the planet jupiter which i'm like okay and what if they did like does that discount everything else that happened because you know how i said that betty thought that she was seeing mm-hmm. this like little bright thing move erratically uh between like the moon and jupiter well maybe there's more info in the report that i didn't look up but all this article says is that the according to the report that the, the that the air force like the conclusion they came sure. to was that they had misidentified the planet jupiter and i'm like okay that's but, that's yeah. great but like what do you have to say about everything else do you think they hallucinated 
I don't know. This wasn't very comprehensive. But um, okay. So days later, Bear, Betty borrows a UFO book, which I think is so cute. She, she borrows it from the library, right? Because there was no internet back then. Like you couldn't talk to this about your neighbor because they weren't going to strike you as crazy. I mean, people still do, <laughs> which is why we're doing this podcast and the safety of our homes. Um, <laughs> uh, being crazy together feels so good. But um, she borrows this book from the library and she starts reading it. And she um, she sees that it was written by this uh, Marine Corps uh, Marine Corps major uh, Donald E. Kehoe. And he this guy he was also the the head of a civilian uh, UFO research group. It was called NICAP, um, which I guess there was a chapter of it in the area. So eventually Betty attends one of no sorry she uh she writes to the author of this book and uh the letter eventually gets passed on to a boston astronomer who is also a member of this ufo research group that the author of the book that betty read is part of so this you know betty reads a book she writes a letter to the author being like please help i experienced what you wrote about or whatever and the author um you know has a connection in the same group an astronomer so someone you know reputable and she sends this letter over to him that betty wrote the author they start looking into this thing and um in uh 1961 they get interviewed by the astronomer i believe in this six hour interview so a long interview and they um try to tell him everything they remember about the incident and uh barney does say that he wished he he didn't wish to remember quote unquote he did not wish to remember which you know understandable um now let me make sure it was the astronomer yes so the astronomer listens to this after he interviews them for six hours he listens to their testimonials and uh he he concludes that they were telling the truth and that the incident probably didn't happen exactly as they recounted it because I don't know, you know, they, it's been a couple of days or they are forgetting some things or something, but for the most part, it's true. He believes them. So that's, you know, already they have someone like an astronomer who believes them. And that's pretty crazy. Yeah, uh, that's good. It's something. Yes. No. Uh, Betty's dreams are a big thing in this case so before they even have hypnotic sessions uh betty hill the wife she um she five days sorry 10 days actually like five to 10 days uh after the incident she starts having these vivid vivid dreams um and to me they're basically recollections of what happened and they might be slightly off because again they're dreams but clearly this was her brain interpreting what happened by pretty much like projecting it onto her eyelids Mm-hmm. It's pretty crazy because eventually she says she, she says a lot of this very similar stuff in the hypnosis sections and the husband who is not interviewed with her during the sessions also says the same stuff very similar stuff to this which to me lends a lot of credence to this case long story short she uh, details a dream she says that uh, at one point uh, when they were driving she uh, her and Barney encountered a roadblock and that men surrounded their car that that's all she can remember from those 35 miles that are really foggy in her mind that's all she can remember and um men as an actual real sorry, man I, or well that's all she says about okay. men but uh, so she said she just that in her dream she saw men but again the hypnot the hypnosis sections which are later they she describes these men um and i'm sure it's the same men so uh, anyway the in the dream she 
She can see her and Barney in the car. They find a roadblock. Some men surround her car. They make them walk in the forest. They're like walking behind them. She tries to talk to her husband, but he's sleepwalking. They're just walking through the dark woods. She describes the men as being like five feet to five feet four inches tall and wore matching blue uniforms. (laughs) I don't know. I was shook when you mentioned the gray jumpsuits because I was like, what if this was the same thing? And she just maybe, I don't know, was colorblind. Maybe she thought that they were blue instead of gray. I don't know. This sounds very similar to me. Maybe they're like from two different countries of the same planet. <laughs> Honestly. Um, she also, uh, in her dream, she apparently sees um, these men walked uh, her and Barney into this disc shaped craft of metallic appearance, quote unquote. And um, she she can tell that they're being separated. And then she sees the leader and protests. Uh, but the leader tells them that if they were to be examined together, that it would take much longer. So they have to be separated. She says that eventually they put it on her table. They cut off a lock of her hair. They uh, cut some of her fingernails. They scrape some of her skin uh, onto what resembled cellophane, which I thought was interesting. And mm-hmm. then um, they stick a needle into her belly button, which mm-hmm. causes her agonizing pain. But then the leader like waves her hand across her face and the pain is gone like, Jesus. oh my god okay i have to interrupt because the exact same thing happened with betty i just didn't i forgot to mention it they like the aliens like touched her and they got rid of the pain yeah this is this is some inter- okay when did your case happen what year was it let me look up the exact date but it was definitely the 60s i think it was after betty and Barney. Uh, betty anderson yeah mm-hmm. 1967 so this is six years after Okay, so clearly she could have been influenced, but, That's you know, if, if we, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to leave it at that, because she could have been influenced. Okay. I mean, I wonder, do you think, how long did it take for Betty and Barney Hill to, like, either publish or well, technically, this in public? The, the book didn't come out until, um, I believe it was 1965, so, okay. but there were a couple of reports and big articles about it before that, yeah. so you never know. But anyway, um, so that's what happens in her dream. Uh, eventually, she um, like she like the examination finishes, and she says that she picks up a book with a bunch of strange symbols, and um, she can see. Um, yeah, a bunch of strange symbols, but she doesn't know what they mean. Then she asks the leaders uh, where they came from, and the leader like projects this hologram uh, that is a bunch of it's like a constellation, basically a, a map, a map of stars, and um, the. The leader is like, there you go, that's your info, have fun. Uh, but then he actually takes the book back and he tells Betty, oh, you can't have it because there's some disagreement about whether we should let you remember us. So actually you can't keep the book. And I'm guessing if, you know, if the dream is accurate, that that's when the aliens decided, never mind, we're wiping this bitch's mind. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> she should have believed that they were angels. That's, I don't yeah, know. <laughs> that's so interesting. Like, it sounds like there was some internal conflict between like the crew of this alien spaceship about whether or not they should let the, the subject of the examinations remember the examinations. Yeah. Um, interesting you think that it was just protocol for aliens to not let you remember anything but i guess it's not depends on who you're talking to they're like you know what i don't like the look of that one yeah exactly (laughs) gonna rat us out Um, so yeah um that happens barney calls these dreams nonsense at what point which is really sad um and then uh, later on the hypnosis sessions happened and these got really interesting at this point barney is no longer in denial like once he really gets into the hypnosis he's uh boyless in denial he really opens up he has according to the article very emotional um sessions uh it's just 
I don't know, very, very turbulent, very emotional. He really puts it out there. And, um, and apparently it helped. I mean, it helped both of them because they weren't further traumatized by this because they were able to talk to someone about it. So in the end, you know, whether you believe hypnosis is accurate or not, at the very least, it helped this couple not feel so anxious right. anymore. Um, that's something the article does touch on, which I think is nice. But anyway, um, in the sessions, you know, Barney, obviously, he's hypnotized. And then just, you know, to cut it short, he mentions how he, quote unquote, felt um, once they, once the, they had come back into and they were conscious again or actually now i'm getting this wrong so yes yeah, so so the lost time happens the missing time happens and then he says during the hypnosis sessions he's able to recall the missing time oh, he says that okay. during the missing time he felt an intense compulsion to pull off the road and drive into the woods what that is how they end up in the woods. Then they get out of the car. These little men walk them towards the spacecraft. And that's how they end up getting in. Oh, my God. So it was actually like a command, like a telepathic command or something. That the aliens sent to this guy to drive into the woods. I guess so th- no one could see them. Oh. Um, that's, yeah. So they go into the woods. Then the, the three men approach the car. According to him, it was three men. And, uh, and then they get into the spacecraft. He does mention this thing about, he, he talks a lot about eyes in his hypnosis sessions, Barney. And one of the things he says is, quote unquote, I feel like the eyes had pushed into my eyes. Um, when he looked at the oh. alien's eyes, he always felt this like pressing sensation into his eyes. It was like a very hypnotic oh. feeling. This is so terrifying. I know. <laughs> um, he, he mentions again later in another hypnosis sessions, quote unquote, they're just there, these eyes. They're just up close to me, pressing against my eyes. So, you know, scary shit. Wait, can uh, I ask a question? Yes. Uh, I think you already mentioned, but I can't remember. Is the aliens, they're speaking telepathically as well? Or do they? Yes. Okay. okay. Yes. Now, they, they mention, um, both of them say that, so, what is it? Um, Betty says that they speak to her in English and she can understand them. Uh, Barney says that they speak a mumbling language, uh, but then, like, you know, when they're talking amongst themselves, but, when, but then when they talk to him, they speak in English and he can understand them. Both of them said that when they speak, they don't move their mouths. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, kind of, I don't know, kind of spooky if I was seeing that. I feel yeah. Like, what the fuck? Uh, anyway. Uh, he recalls that he was also put on an, on an examination table, a metallic examination table. Some of his skin was also scraped. Uh, someone looked into his ears and his mouth, and a thin tube was put into his mouth. Oh. So there's that, uh, you know, classic anal probing. <laughs> like, probably why this was popularized to begin with. This is probably a, where a lot of this comes from. Um, so that was interesting he barney during the hypnosis sessions said that the aliens communicated to him through quote-unquote thought transference and the article says at that time he was unfamiliar Mm. with the word telepathy so you know he didn't even know what this was and he was talking about it which to me lends credence to what he's saying um okay what happens next betty sessions she also recalls um the lost time she says that they were abducted like put into the and, and her sessions like are similar to her dreams so it's almost as if she didn't need the sessions to recall everything like yeah. her dreams had already reminded her of everything uh 
hypnosis sessions are similar. You know, she recalls the incident. She says that um, some of the things, though, the article notes about the hypnosis session, though, were different from what she um, recounts in her dreams. Like the, the technology she talked about during the hypnosis sessions is different to the technology she described in her dreams. Um, the short man had a quote unquote significantly different physical appearance from that of her dreams. But other than that, like it was basically the same thing which to me again lends credence she talks about the star map during her sessions and during her sessions he's actually able to draw the map and this drawing became big um like a big part of the case uh a big thing for skeptics to um to dig at um mm -hmm. she could draw she, she was able to draw a map during one of these sessions uh she at the beginning of her um, sessions when she started claiming that this happened she said that the aliens had told her that they came from the Seda Reticuli system which is a real constellation and then months later when she's having these sessions uh, she draws this map and eventually it is analyzed like years later by some uh, amateur astronomer and the amateur astronomer concludes that it indeed is like the only thing she could have possibly drawn is the Seda Reticuli system and I don't know about you but I doubt that this like middle-aged woman from new hampshire knew a lot about astronomy oh especially if all she had access to was a small public library like exactly oh so are you hearing the x-files theme right now because i am <laughs> <laughs> um you know that's her sessions are basically you know to cut it short they're, they're her dreams but with these added details and also this added drawing that she's able to she's able to uh replicate from her memory so um, at this point, you know, Barney's finally ready to accept that they had been abducted by, by, by these aliens, which is good. Um, what's not good and kind of sad is that the, um, the guy the hypnotized them. I guess you could call him a psychologist. Yes. He actually concluded that, um, you know, he was glad that these, uh, these two people were no longer tormented by their anxiety, but he actually thought the most reasonable explanation was that um, they had imagined it, that uh, it was a singular psychological aberration, quote unquote, which made me kind of sad. This isn't the same guy that said the thing about mm -hmm. leaving a same racial couple that was someone else. Um, the psychologist at least was nice about it, but he said like, yeah, you guys imagined it. Okay, but here's my problem with that, is that how can two people imagine the exact same thing? You know, they say that um, the hypnosis session, this is actually why I asked you when yours happened. Because for this couple, the hypnosis sessions happened also two years after the, the thing. And mm -hmm. um, critics say they could have had plenty of time to talk about the event and get their stories straight. So when they were, quote unquote, hypnotized together, or sorry, separately, they could have the same story. Which, I don't know. I, I don't mean, think yeah. that people are that dedicated to faking that because you you could literally ruin your life over saying something like this. Why would you willingly do that? And especially if they're already like an interracial couple in the sixties. Yeah, it, 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 it's also just the sixties in general. Like people didn't believe in this shit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, still to this day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so anyway. So is that the end of your no. story? Uh, pretty much. The, the, this couple never seek publicity, which is another detail that to me, like, lends credence. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. Um, and then, uh, you know, later there, again, were um, refutations, a couple of which I mentioned. There was one refutation that posited that the couple had just seen a lot of um, alien TV shows or alien <laughs> movies, basically. <laughs> Not that there were a lot, but that yeah. was one of the refutations. So there was the one that they imagined it, the one that they um, straight up lied, or the one that they may have been subconsciously influenced by TV. 
Um, I, I believe none of those. I think okay. this was real. I mean, I think this is definitely one of the better and, yeah, cases where you can argue that it was. Like, I don't... I think that there were a lot of... There's a lot of good evidence, you know, using that word sparingly. Yeah, I, so. <laughs> I, I, I do want to talk about something, though, because I've been taking notes the entire time, I promise, because I'm crazy. Um, so, I mean, obviously, we can conclude, like, the, t- the tingling sensation, the beep, the, they, like, they lost time and they felt like a higher state of consciousness, like, um, and then their watches, they stopped running, and the compass, all that stuff, like, that's directly linked to electromagnetic fluctuations right so like so like i don't know like do you think that the aliens like okay so they can speak telepathically like so maybe they can control us too but they're using this advanced form of like electromagnetism that maybe in the future we're able to harness or maybe if we're not the aliens in the future you know whatever they're just aliens i don't know i just i feel so excited by all this what do you think (laughs) i mean so so you're basically going back to the idea of like what if this is us in the future right yeah it's i like that idea i don't know how much i believe it but i see it i don't know i i think it's i think it's just as likely that this is just a different species like a different civilization that started in a different place that didn't at all start like humans they're just their own thing Mm -hmm. and they just happen to look like this but for some reason they love visiting us or it could very well be that these are future humans that are able to travel to the past in their spaceships they come to present day earth to do shit to us uh, because I don't know, they became infertile in the future, mm-hmm. or we like we, we ran out of resources, so now we're taking everyone's sperm and putting shit up their ass. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean that that whole like that 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 theme of abductees like being robbed of like sperm or eggs that's very common right um and you wonder why like it's not like they're trying to make human babies they're not they're not gonna take care of that and I don't know about alien human hybrids because why would they want that so maybe they're just future humans we became infertile in the future all of us for whatever reason and maybe they're trying to like recreate themselves so they can still populate who knows i mean it's just super outlandish but well it would also explain because it would explain why they don't hurt us or kill us you know like it explains why there's not like mass invasions and why people aren't being killed or you know Mm -hmm. like why they're being low-key because they don't want to kill us like especially if you kill yourself in the past i mean maybe that will end that'll affect the future right but also Mm -hmm. like if if it is just aliens not us in the future then i don't know like i don't know i lost my train of thought (laughs) no but that's very good what you said because when have you ever heard of a story where someone says the mm-hmm. alien tried to kill me? Yeah. That never happens. They just want to probe you. They want to watch you. They're basically nice-ish stalkers, but um, they don't try. They're not. They're not hostile. They're no chupacabras. They're no skinwalker. You know. So, well, future episode ideas. Write <laughs> <laughs> down. But um, yeah, it, it it doesn't happen. Which. You know, it could mean, yeah, they're just, oh. uh, they just feature us. Okay, big stoner thought though. Let's let's take it even further. <laughs> what if what if they're in charge of us? What if we're like in their hamster cage and they're our owners and they're just like checking up on our health every once in a while? Honestly, it could be that. I mean, we do that with our pets, right? We take them to the vet. Mm-hmm. You know, they bring the vet to us. <laughs> right. Exactly. I don't know. There's so many options for this. 
that's so like men in black i don't know if you've seen men in black but the ending of that have you seen oh it? yeah i have the ending with the giant turtle. yeah like, like the very ending with the giant not i don't think it was like a giant turtle or giant octopus or it something. something it's like it, i think it was a giant like octopus being that it was in this room full of marbles and every marble was a universe mm-hmm. basically and i'm like oh my god so freaky it's, so it's trippy. possible uh, we don't know. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i like that i like that stoner thought uh, wow i don't know I, um, I mean if i had to side with one of the i guess you could call them theories it would be it would be that they're not us i i, okay. I don't know i don't buy it as I don't buy it as much as I just buy the idea of this is a different, completely different and completely separate but very advanced civilization that has tried to make contact with us for a long time or maybe already has made contact for thousands of years. You know, that's another <laughs> place we could go with, with this conversation because a lot of people do say, oh, they've been here since the dinosaurs or whatever. Um, but regardless, yeah, I think they're separate. I think that whenever it is they started a thousand years ago or 50 years ago or none because some people believe that none of this is true and we still haven't made contact with any intelligent life outside of ourselves uh, <laughs> you can call us that um, yeah it, well, regardless of, of what the time frame is I would think that they're separate and that they're just seeking to make contact the way we're seeking to make contact but they've just been able to travel to us in a way in which we can travel to anyone because we just yeah. we're not that technology yeah. advanced I think the one thing I am sure about is that it would probably be they're traveling from another dimension, not space, but that doesn't indicate what they are, you know, or why they're really? here. You, you think the dimension thing? Because usually when I think of it, I really think, no, they just have super fast spacecrafts and they're coming from a different galaxy. But I, I just don't, I don't buy it because space travel is so insanely difficult and it's, it, you're literally traveling through time when you travel through space, especially if you're going light years fast. So it's, it doesn't seem very likely to me as the method because you can travel instantly through dimensions so if there was a way to do that then why wouldn't you do that that's easier you know i mean yeah through wormholes allegedly um well not even that i think wormholes just allow you to travel through time basically they're they're basically shortcuts but Mm -hmm. no no new dimensions are being talked about when you talk about wormholes where you talk about black holes when you talk about anything like that dimensions don't come up uh, which is like, which is why for me, dimensions like the topic of dimensions is far more outlandish, and I just rather believe that somehow they figured out how to travel at the speed of light, um, and that's how they did it. But I totally see where you're coming from. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't know. Maybe we'll never know. <laughs> and maybe we'll never know. <laughs> that's the real stinger here. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't even. I, I I don't even want to see a gynecologist, so I don't want anyone probing me on a spaceship. You know what I mean? Like that's where I'm at. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe it'll be more of the um maybe it'll be more of the of your Betty kind of kind of thing. You know, they'll just probe your nose. <laughs> yeah, maybe it'll be my nice nose. to you if you're down for the ride. Well, they definitely didn't probe her because they knew that like her uterus was gone. So like they were like, I'm not gonna mess with that. Like her good parts uh, are missing. So you know what? I yeah. forgot about that. They totally would have probed her if she still had mm-hmm. a uterus. You know it. Never mind. Yeah, I guess they just want to pro her one. Just kind of Maybe this freaky. is just like Tinder for them. Like <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> they don't play around. No. Um I don't know. I, I, one thought that I want to leave you with, just um one thought that I want to leave you and all of our <laughs> listeners um with before you, you guys go to bed tonight is um and I was talking to someone about this recently. Not you, someone else. It was that if 
you believe that uh, the things that you talk about you put out into the universe isn't this podcast basically like damning us <laughs> oh i i've been thinking about that too i'm like shit we're gonna come for like, I mean, something is gonna latch onto us that's the thing that's <laughs> this just got really serious because like i actually make the the serious consideration in my head of oh my god should we continue um the, i think the, we but, should i poke the bear always <laughs> I don't know, man. I kind of like playing it safe in a lot of things in life. But listen, um, the reason why I would still think this is safe is because, like I said, if you believe in that stuff, then that's the case. But I don't know how much I believe in that. I think that, I don't know. I, I am I am new agey, but not that much. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the law of attraction is that simple, where if you discuss something just for the sake of discussing it, like the exchange of ideas, that means you're attracting it. I think that if we were actively looking out to find something, maybe then we would attract it, like making circles and like this, like the, like the floor, or like making circles in the ground with salt or like, I don't know, like chanting. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like then maybe we'd be crossing a line. Um, well, also like, I but... just want to like bring my skepticism in here. Like we're not that popular right now. You know, but on the off chance <laughs> that it does get popular, I think it's far more likely that someone crazy will try and make us think we're abducted by aliens or something. And that would just be grounded in reality. Up, I'm just saying. And then, like, obviously, like, me too. I don't really believe in a lot of this stuff. I think that's very helpful for me to talk about it with you because then it's like, well, at least I get to talk about it, you know? Like, it's, it's, it's like, cathartic for me. And, yeah. like, I don't know. It's helpful. I don't know. I mean, look. To be completely honest, to be completely, I mean, like, my logical being is like, no, Andre, talking about these things isn't going to attract them. I do think that some things that a person can do can attract some things to them, but, I, and I don't know what those are, but I know, I, I don't feel like I'm doing those mm-hmm. things, whatever those things are. I don't feel like I'm crossing a real hard line on the sand. I really don't. Um because we're really like researching something talking about it and basically laughing about it so i just and it's not like in a mocking way but rather just you and i having fun i really don't feel that that's gonna i don't know like make us magnets to anything but yeah um, i think we're fine <laughs> but my more my more my, my more irrational side almost sadistically likes thinking about it right because you you want uh, it to happen a little bit <laughs> well that's the thing i do but i don't you know it, I, obviously the part of me that wants to prove to myself and maybe to others possibly that this, all this stuff is real. All this stuff we talk about is real. Whether it be, you know, fucking, I don't know, Bigfoot or, or demons or aliens or ghosts. Wants that to happen. But the other 90% of me who's very much human and a normal person and gets scared by things. It's like, no, I would never mm-hmm. want that to happen to me. None of this. Um, not even the most inane things like... Um, even seeing an alien from afar because that would freak me out for life like the the human mind is a fragile thing i'm at least minus (laughs) (laughs) i'm seeing as i as i'm saying this um so so it's like yes but really no yeah because like after all the fun and games if you really think about it like I'm sure these people were like legitimately traumatized right. by a lot of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, and it probably didn't make their life any easier, you know? Like who's gonna who's gonna yeah. hire you at Taco Bell if you're the alien girl, you know? I mean honestly, that's not a big deal. Taco Bell's pretty chill. <laughs> <laughs> Live moss. <laughs> if not if if not, they'll taco will hire you. Trust me, they'll hire anyone. Uh the taco don't come for us. 
uh, or honestly come for us, you know, sponsor us. I eat there every day. Um, <laughs> um, so, so to, to, to close that point, um, I am not, <laughs> listen, aliens, <laughs> listen, demons, Satan, if you're there, um, I, I honestly feel like I'm making like I a, feel like you're like literally trying to contact I aliens right now and you're just being like, <laughs> no, I'm, 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 no, I'm not. I'm leaving them okay. a voicemail letting okay. them know what's up. I do not want you in my house. <laughs> Don't come. I am. I'm having a retreat. No aliens. I'm. I'm having a retreat for the rest of my life. I'm taking no guests. Um, he is not down to. I am not down to clown. Not down for contact. I'm good. Um, so in, in case they needed to be, you know, in case in case the the, the way things work is you put them out into the universe. Well, I'm putting this out into the universe so everyone knows. Every entity and spirit who wants to contact me for talking about it, if they do. You're not welcome. You are not welcome <laughs> so. at Andre's home. However, I will have cookies made for you. <laughs> I will be waiting by the fireplace. I would give out my address, but then everyone would have it. <laughs> <laughs> it's um actually her address is beep beep beep. Oh good. <laughs> oh my god, Shannon. <laughs> I think we went to a different place today. Yes. Yes. Oh my god, we went to a different planet. We went to a different world. I don't know. This is so different uh, from our last episode, too. This is which, which is totally yeah. fine. That's what it should be. Every episode should be an experience. Um th- this one didn't feel as um scary, which is bad but good. I don't know. I was freaked bad. out a little bit. I'm I think it is it ties into the belief thing. I don't believe in demons whatsoever. So I wasn't as scared, but with aliens I'm like, oh shit. They're coming for my body. Like, that's happening. That's interesting. That's interesting because I probably believe in aliens a lot more than I do in demons. But the reason the other thing would scare me, it's probably because it's just much more somber and macabre. Even though I think this is more real, I think it's less, well, like we talked about, less harmful. Mm. So maybe that's why. Um, maybe, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I chose the Betty and Dreesen thing and I said, aliens come at me. They're going to love me. But they they want to probe you, Andre. <laughs> they know you're scared. <laughs> Oh my god! Quick, super, 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 super quick story. Um, I um, with a couple of friends went to a um, a um, oh my god, what, what's an escape room recently? Ooh. And um, long story short, you know, it was it was a scary escape room. It was like an escape from the murderer escape oh room. Oh my god! Uh, you had you have you have one hour to find the clues. The room ends up being three fucking different rooms. Two of them are secret, of course. And you and you're like, oh my god, no more rooms. I want to get out. <laughs> uh, and at one point, um, if you ask for clues, like the murderer will give you clues. So he's kind of a shitty murderer because he's helping you escape. But um, if you ask for clues, they'll give you clues. And so. so basically what i'm trying to say is that there's a pa system so they can talk to you while you're oh. in the room and i just thought it was so fucked up because it was me and um and three other friends and i was the one that was the most scared i was a big pussy basically. Oh. <laughs> and um i was like hiding behind some of them i don't know and at one point there's a clue like in order to get one of the clues at one point you have to lie down on this dirty bed where like supposedly someone was killed you know they put the props all around you and it's really spooky and the lighting is really bad so like there's almost no light you're really scared i was actually kind of generally this scared. is like my dream you're point, describing like i want this <laughs> <laughs> they are um so 
at one point, one of the clues requires you to do that. I tell one of my friends, do it. I guess the girl, really, the girl is playing the murderer, but she has like a voice uh, changing mm-hmm. device. She hears me say this over the PA because I think they're watching the game as we're playing it. Um, and she's like, no, I want Andre. Oh my God. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck you. Because I have to get on this bed. And for all I know, the bed is also a prop and it like turns over and I end up in some basement. I was just freaked. That's pretty elaborate. I really hope that is what it was. No, I, <laughs> I don't think it was that fancy of an escape room, but oh my God. At that moment, I did not put it past it. I was freaking out. Um, turns out, no, that's it. I just needed to lay on the bed and say like, uh, I love you, murderer, or something. I don't even remember. Something stupid. And then like a little door opened with her clue. And I was like, oh my God, I thought I was going to die. Um, wow. So this when is you were, like you totally were... jigsaw and saw. I know, I know. That's pretty much what I felt like. So you were saying like, um, oh, like the aliens want to probe you. I just felt, I don't know. It just reminded me of that. It was so freaky. Um, because when you want it, okay, like, I... when you want it the least, they come for you the most. Yeah. I will say I don't want any humans to murder me. So when I said that was my dream, please don't murder me. I don't like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you and I should go to an escape room sometime. We really should. That would be fun. Except Shannon. I would, I don't know. <laughs> what, freak out? No, I think I would probably help the murderer freak you out. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> You're just an easy I, mark. I actually get scared by these things, which, I mean, look at me having a podcast about scary things and getting scared by scary things. I mean, just it's another a hard life to live. A random factoid here is that I actually was a zombie in a maze for Halloween one month, like throughout October. Yeah, I really? scared people, and one man, a 30 year old man, slapped me in the face. He was so scared. And you're not supposed to touch the <laughs> actors, but I, I didn't rat him yeah. out. I was a trooper. It's fine. Oh my god. That's crazy. I mean, that means you were good. Oh yeah, I got them. I was hiding the cornrows so intensely, and I knew. I knew when to get them. Uh, this was fun. This was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. I, I, I do not know what we're going to do next episode, but... I mean, man, I already have really... some ideas. Okay, well, you, you shoot those my way, but we really... Um... You know, we really upped the stakes with this one. It was this was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I like both of the topics a lot. So, yeah, man, your story was. Great. I mean, I felt the passion. I think I think we were both pretty passionate. Yes. We're both very intrigued, and I think that's great. And I hope I hope that's our great. two listeners okay. really enjoyed it too. <laughs> yeah, we 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 have upgraded from one to two. Hopefully, next week it'll be three. You know, I don't know, maybe four. Tell maybe we'll grow exponentially <laughs> instead of just. Being... Yeah, exactly. Um, so to the people that are listening to us the, the two people uh, please tell your friends tell your mom tell your dad uh, you know Scary Talk is on and it's going and it's going to be an episode 3 next week whether you like it or not you probably don't but it's going to be there for you to listen to it uh, Shannon and I will be back uh, for now we are going to go have a uh, spooky night Shannon any closing thoughts um, I need to go to Winco that's not going to be that spooky, but they are open 24 hours. So have you seen the people at Winco? <laughs> I am the people of Winco. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay. Have a good night, everyone. Ta-ta. Bye. Bye.